So welcome to Simply Verified Beef Podcast. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Today's topic is going to be a little bit outside of uh, what we as VBP normally talk about, but it is no less important to the sustainability side of, of the support that our program gives, which is economic and financial sustainability, which is important. So I have with me Brenna Grant from Canfax. Brenna, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, Amy. So Brenna Grant, I grew up on a cow-calf and yearling backgrounder operation in southwest Saskatchewan. So I come from dry land country, um, not used to all the rain elsewhere in the east, but I'm executive director of Canfax and Canfax Research Services. And I would say that the big thing that's been exciting over the last two years has been the development of the Canadian cow-calf cost of production network. And the fact that we're building benchmarks based on different production systems. So yes, there's value in having a provincial average so that you know what the competitive landscape is in terms of uh, what you, who you're competing against. But this is about finding production systems similar to your own in terms of winter feeding practices, days on feed, calving date, weaning date, and asking yourself, what's the next step in terms of incremental improvement in terms of of being more competitive, being more profitable, so that you can have the social sustainability um, and the economic sustainability on your operation. Yeah, right on. And one of the very many hats that I wear from being a part of a of a small organization is I'm not only the VB, one of the VBP coordinators, but I'm also act as the liaison to the National Cow Calf Cost Production Network from the Maritimes. So those folks from the Maritimes who participated in that last couple of years, I was sort of the go-between from a communications perspective. So Brenna, can you tell us what the final cost of production numbers were in 2021 for the Easter in general? Sure. So first of all, we have 46 benchmark farms from 186 participating producers from coast to coast. And so this is not about, you know, a single producer or something. We're aggregating them up to make these benchmarks. When we look at just the East, so not the national numbers, but the East, we saw cash costs in 2021 of on average $975 per cow, up 2% from the year before. Depreciation at about 180, up 8 percent from the year before and opportunity costs were $530 also up 8%. Just a note about that opportunity cost is you need to be able to cover your cash costs over the short term to keep operating or you're supplementing your operation with off-farm income or other revenue sources. To continue to operate in the medium term, you need to cover your depreciation. You need to be able to replace your machinery and equipment or infrastructure, um, barns, those types of things. But your opportunity cost is asking that question of, are you getting a market value return to your land, labor, and capital? And across the country, um, that opportunity cost is primarily made up of labor. Yes, land opportunity cost, depending on if you're close to an urban center or something, or you have high land costs that can impact. And definitely there are places in the East where that is a story. But I would say the bigger thing on this opportunity cost being over that $500 is the fact that while the average wage for both paid and unpaid labor in the East and the West is similar. It's the fact that in the East, there are more hours per cow versus in the West, which does make that opportunity cost sound really big because that then makes your total cost per cow, you know, 
$1,685 or up 4% from 2020. But it's one where, you know, I don't want people to be discouraged when they hear some numbers and they're like, ooh, that's higher than I normally would think of costs for the East. So we tend to talk a lot about medium term costs, which are your cash and your depreciation, because you need to cover those to continue operating to be sustainable. We've often in some of our sessions here in the East, in the Maritimes anyway, have talked about what that opportunity or what that value of getting getting one more cow is like, is it spreading, spreading all of those fixed costs and that opportunity labor costs? Like how much more time does it take you to feed a bale with one more cow? There's going to be a point, a breaking point where that one more cow puts you into needing bigger facilities, equipment, blah, 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 blah. blah. But if more of these producers, and that's what I think it was really clear to us was some of those producers could get to whatever that breaking point is, reduce the cost per cow and spread it over spread it over more cows but that's just something that i think has been it's an eastern i mean it's an issue all over the country but we've we've run into it a lot in the east and recognizing that there are low cost producers in the east they do exist we we do have those benchmarks so nationally when you think of what is a low cost producer well you need to be aiming for less than eight hundred dollars per cow on the cash side and less than 1200 on the total cost side. And in the East, we have farms that range between 600 and 1470 per cow on the cash costs. So we do have low cost farms in the East. So is beef production in the East profitable? Yeah, so this is one where obviously it's not just about the cost side, it's about the revenue side. So we had, in terms of farms in the East, covering uh, their short-term cash costs about 71%, which is actually really good because it means only about a third of your farms were relying on off-farm income to cover those cash costs. In terms of medium-term costs, your cash and depreciation, it was about 65% in 2021. We're covering that. And long-term, your total costs, about 18% of the farms were covering their opportunity costs. When we looked at some of the data, you, you, because we've, I've been on some webinars and we'll put those in the show notes for anybody who wants to dig into some of the numbers a little bit further, because Canfax has had, has got lots of data, stories that the data tells also being, um, being posted there. The Quebec farms is that government support yeah. like as well being included? Yeah. And so when we talk about the 18% of farms in the East that are covering those long-term, including opportunity costs, many of those are actually Quebec farms. And that is because we do include government payments, um, just like we included the drug payments in the West for 2021. We do include the ASRA payments on the Quebec farms. So many will notice if they actually dig into the data and look at some of the charts that the Quebec farms are are only profitable when the ASRA payment is included. And so you'll be able to see what they're, what costs they're covering or not covering just on the sale of cattle and the fact that that ASRA payment does make a significant impact. We talked about the East a little bit, but this does get some national coverage. And if you wanted to shout out to Westward that you'd want to comment on? The numbers that I just provided 
are specific to the east. Obviously, in the west in 2021, the drought had a significant impact on producers. And so while we saw a slight decrease in the number of farms covering short, medium, and long-term costs in the east in 2021 compared to 2020, that shift was larger in the west due to drought. And there are some different scenarios that um, the farms in the west experienced. So some of them had stockpiled feed that they were able to use last winter and their actual impact is coming in the fact that they're, they're destocking either this spring or this summer and we really do know from scenarios that we did on rebuilding from drought and different strategies about rebuilding a herd after drought is the fact that economies of scale make such a big impact and obviously we need to consider rainfall and our year pastures and conditions that they can handle um, those cattle and you definitely want to take that into consideration because it's better to, to go slow and so that you don't have long-term implications on carrying capacity of pasture. But we do have scenarios on the website for those drought rebuilding scenarios in the West. Okay, very good. So you've got enough data over these last couple of years collected that you've probably been able to figure out some trends. So what is it that some of the more profitable farms do do. Yeah, so I would say that we've broken and done some analysis on the um, top, medium and bottom third profitable farms. And we're, we're looking at profits here now, not costs. And one of them is economies of scale. So herd sizes in the East ranged from like 35 head to 375 head. Um, so we definitely got a range in the East to look at economies of scale. But the Maritime 3 farm is super interesting because it's the lowest cost farm with less than 100 head. And they're actually competitive with some of the herds that are 200 and 300 head out in the East. And it shows that, yes, economies of scale matter, as you mentioned earlier, but you can also be really competitive and still be small. And so it's an opportunity for producers to really focus on getting better before you get bigger, because sometimes size simply masks poor management or high costs that when they're spread over lots of numbers, uh, it's just not as big a deal. But both nationally and in the East, we also saw smaller mature cow size was typically found on the most profitable farms. And there was almost a hundred pound difference between the low profitable group and the medium profitable group in the East with, you know, significant implications then on winter feeding costs, and that's obviously where a pile of the overall costs come on a cow-calf operation. And when we also looked at total costs, they were the lowest actually on the medium profitable farms, but feed and cash costs were the lowest on the high profitable farms, again, related to that cow size. So when we were looking at those high profitable farms for the East, sort of your medium term cost of cash plus depreciation was about $955 per cow. And so you're kind of aiming for that in the East, which is slightly different than that earlier number I gave, which nationally, it's sort of that less than 800. You can still be really competitive with sort of a medium term cost of about 955 in the East. And one of the things that I thought was pretty unique about this particular cost of production discussion was that it included some future firm scenarios, like in the next five years, like what are some things after we've done all this discussion about what your current things are, what types of things do these producers want to 
either improve or work towards or install that. And I mean, some of the conversations that came around that just from the three or four or five producers that were in the, in the zoom room were, um, were, I mean, I think they were valuable, even if it didn't get, even if it didn't get picked as the future firm scenario that you're doing the data analysis on, I think there was a few good takeaways that each producer took, took with them. So can you comment on what those future firm scenarios are and how, how they work? Yeah. So we used the five, the 5% rule, which talks about the compounding effect of making small between two and 5% gains around productivity, lowering input costs, or focusing on your output price and your marketing efforts. And there were two scenarios um, that were selected by actually a lot of different groups um, across the country. And the first one was extending the grazing season through rotational grazing. And things that made that profitable included having a larger herd size. So again, economies of scale, um, it sort of is a recurring theme, but also farms that had feed cost savings um, that were the largest due to their initial daily feed cost being high. So if you have a high uh, daily feed cost and you're able to reduce those feeding days and extend your grazing season, you actually had bigger savings. Farms that had potential to generate additional revenue by selling unused hay. So a number of firms overproduced their hay and then sold and they had that as an outlet in a separate enterprise. And we only included that for farms that were already doing it, but that additional revenue really did impact the whole farm profitability. Next one was uh, labor costs. And so this really was a question of that trade-off due to hours between instituting a rotational grazing program in the summer and having those hours versus your winter feeding costs. Some of those farms, when they were closer in terms of hours and costs per day, it had a, a fairly small and minimal impact versus farms that had like high winter feeding costs on a daily basis in terms of lots of hours or lots of other costs associated with it. And then pasture capacity, when you're talking about, you know, actually being able to extend and have more grazing days, what is the potential capacity of your pastures? And we used an estimated 10% increase in stocking rate potential, which for some that's going to be too little. For others, it's going to be too much for their operations. It really depends on what your current pasture health is and what the potential of your land is. The second scenario that we had multiple producers choose was tightening the calving season to a defined three cycles or going to an ideal calving distribution. And things that made this one profitable or not were the current calving distribution. You know, if you're going from year-round grazing, year-round calving to a defined calving period, and there, there definitely had impacts about how big of a change it was. And also what kind of room for improvement there was, you know, that going from uh, four or five cycles down to three and how much that actually increased your weaning weights. But the one thing we did find is it really depends on where you're at in terms of your current weaning weight and the fact that the gains in terms of total revenue um, at sale time can be offset by the price slide. So you may have more pounds to sell, but if you're getting the same total number of dollars per head, you're not necessarily hugely better off as an operation. I mean, that makes sense. When we've chatted a lot too, we work with some uh, folks who are selling collectively and we've used a little bit of that calf club model from Katie Ontario and just trying to get more consistent groups. And I think even if, if that calf slide 
isn't there, then then maybe it's just the consistency is the value. If you can get if you can grab some extra pennies by maximizing the amount that's going into that ring um, in in producer producer lot sales. What is the take home message? So if you're going to tell producers anything, what's the what's the leaving message from Brenna? Well, I would say that there's definitely a value in keeping records and in doing cost of production to know it for your own sake, to know where your operation stands. And if you want to be a part of the network, this is the last year to sign up. We're in our third and final year. So if there is not a production system in the network that matches yours, we can get you in and we'd be happy to get you in. The deadline is November 30th. Just go to www.canfax.ca. If you scroll down a that there's a link with the cost of production logo where you can sign up and um, someone like Amy will be in touch with you about uh, scheduling data collection. And fun fact, there is a little bit of an honorarium. So that's not quite, quite, uh, it is a little bit of time, but uh, but the honorarium is, is a good little carrot as well. So take a look at that. Absolutely. $500 um, for the producers that participate. And it's two half day focus groups. We, we try to try to break it up so that you don't have to sit through all day with us. And I will say that the producers that uh, that we had in the Maritimes, because I was only a part of the, the Maritime ones, but like I mentioned before, even just some of the discussion to, we talked about something as simple as CCIA tags and some folks are buying them from their local farm supply store and didn't know that you could just directly get them from CCIA for a fraction of the cost. So there were, there were some nice values that if for, if for nothing else, then that they, they found a few tidbits and a few, a few local producers. And we did the last couple that we've done have been through COVID. So we had our maritime beef conference the other day and there was some folks who met each other that had never met each other before, but were part of the cost production network. So they saw their name tags and they and they connected right away. So that was really fun to, to see some of that, some of those connections, because the farm focus groups that you're put into or production system focus groups that you put into are really producers that are similar production systems to you. So you'll find kindred spirits, I'm sure, wherever wherever you go. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Brenna. I appreciate the time that you've taken uh, taken here and I will put all those links in the show notes and, and yeah, anybody who's able to participate and wants to participate, you can sign up. Um, if you're not interested in that, take a look at Canfax, see all those resources. They might have something um, from a future farm scenario that, that might give you a little bit more insight over what uh, what that kind of change in method can can maybe do for your farm. So there's some good resources there. Yeah, thanks, Amy. And on that, there's a couple of different pages on the website and analysis page that has some links to webinars and videos that maybe are a wee bit easier to listen to. But yes, absolutely can, can look through all of the individual farms and find one that maybe looks like you. Right on. Well, thank you very much, Brenna. And we will talk to you all later. You bet. Thanks, Amy. And we'd like to also thank our sponsor, the Canadian Agricultural Partnership in part in communication with New Brunswick, Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island. And we will see you next month. Mm-hmm.